What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 217 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are going to be breaking down how to set yourself up for success in terms of the underdog and DraftKings fantasy football playoffs, where all the money is won in best ball. We're going to look at some of the top players in fantasy drafts and how you can strengthen your position around them by adding many correlations in preparation for week 17. Before we get into that, Joey, just wanted to follow up on what we talked about on the last episode and, and you know, get your review and, you know, just see how you liked getting that work yesterday. <laughs> I mean, the work from who? The work from who? I mean, I remember stepping foot on that court and opening up the series 3-1. That's what I recall from yesterday. All right, you got a fair point there. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, I mean, out of like our group, I'm definitely the second best player for sure. Dexter is definitely the best, and he definitely carried you for, for sure. And Jared could not make a shot, so no. I had Jared on my team. Couldn't make a layup. I think he missed about 85 layups. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was almost like he was trying to. Yeah, so <laughs> j- just an overall tough scene, but we'll we'll get you guys back next time. You know, you were bricking everything too. Hell yeah! I mean, I we pretty much all hell. were. But if I recall, you called yourself uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I Steph Curry and Tatum <laughs> rolled into one was the phrase that I used. <laughs> yeah, Perhaps a bit on inaccurate, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But yeah, I mean, God, like my body is in so much pain. Now I remember why I don't do anything athletic, but you know, it was actually uh, cathartic to play basketball again. So maybe we'll actually get some footage up and I can show uh, the world my, what is it? My, who, who's my shot? It's not Sean Marion. Like it's not as bad as I thought it it was, but it's definitely Sean Marion-esque. Sean Marion-esque. Yeah. I'm going to get some footage out there on Twitter for the people. We can, we can get some feedback. On that, yeah, we'll record a pickup game to eleven of Ben missing every shot he takes. <laughs> hey, that's the kind of content that people want. Um, let's uh, let's get into these first twelve picks in best ball. We're gonna go by underdog ADP, and sort of the thesis of this is that every one of these players is getting drafted 100% of the time. You know, everybody in one out of 12 leagues is going to have Jonathan Taylor, but not everybody is going to be cognizant of many correlations. You know, a lot of people are stacking up certain games. They want the Bills Bengals. They want the Chiefs Broncos, etc. But you can add many pieces to strengthen your position on these players and just give yourself a slight bump in EV just by, you know, having this sort of mapped out in your brain and knowing directions that you can go later in drafts based on the playoff schedule for the players that you're picking. I think a prime example, we can start off with Jonathan Taylor, the consensus 101, the RB1 in fantasy this season. And the Colts played the Giants in week 17. And that sets up really well because, you know, you can get your pick of a Giants bring back at really any point in the draft. All of these guys are cheap. If you want to go Saquon Barkley, 
at the top of the third round at, at your turn from Jonathan Taylor, you can absolutely do that. But we know that the best correlation for a running back is the opposing wide receiver one, which is Kenny Galladay, which is a player that we've discussed at length in recent episodes as somebody we're both buying at price right now. Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is a buy in best ball. We've already talked about it a bunch. There's a YouTube video that I did on our YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, go subscribe. But you can get him at an ADP of 119.5 on underdog right now wide receiver 57 just way too low in my opinion so I definitely like that mini correlation between Jonathan Taylor and Kenny Galladay and then also Kadarius Tony I think is mm-hmm. a very good buy right now as well I mean his ADP actually has gone up by 8.3 spots and he, maybe he's somebody we talk about on Friday for the ADP market report but Kadarius Tony I mean when he was healthy and he played last year he showed flashes of being an electric playmaker and obviously highlighted by the one route where he just absolutely cooked Trevon Diggs. Mm -hmm. And I think he has all the talent in the world. And if Daniel Jones can go out there under Brian Dable and this new offensive system, uh, these Giants wide receivers are pretty good values right now at their current ADPs. And they make for good mini correlations with Jonathan Taylor at the top of the draft. So you can get very affordable, high upside, in my opinion, wide receivers, you know, in the 10th, 11th rounds in Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay to pair with Jonathan Taylor and we're, we're, we're talking about this right a lot of people just aren't going to do this so if you take this extra step to just find these mini correlations you're going to have an edge over the people in your drafts because like I talk about all the time but like we're in this bubble where it's like we're all diehard best ball guys and and we know like correlation is, is plus EV or whatever but the majority of people don't. Right. So if you're listening to this, just keep that in mind. Target some of the guys that correlate with the top picks in your team just for that boosted value. And not to say that we're like some geniuses, like we're the only people who are thinking about this, but I think that this is even a deeper subsection of the people who think like this. I think a lot of people stop at, you know, maybe their stacks, like their quarterback Mm -hmm. wide receiver stack. They're going to try and find a bring back for that because this is being talked about, you know, in the best ball content space. But I, I do think though a lot of people still stop there. They're not looking for corollary pieces of, you know, their one-offs. Like, you know, I draft Jonathan Taylor. I'm not full stacking the Colts, but I can still bring this correlated piece. I also want to add a caveat that I think that, you know, the level that you want to go with these depends on the game environment. So for example, if I'm building this uh, mini correlation between Jonathan Taylor and Kenny Galladay, I'm probably not also putting in Kadarius Tony because I don't think that the Giants offense is going to be capable of putting up two players that are going to win you week 17. I think that's a different case for, you know, some of these guys that we'll get to in a minute, you know, with like Cooper Cup, I think you can have two chargers because two chargers can be the stone nuts because that's such a high-powered offense. Same thing with like Bills, Bengals, etc. But I think you want to be cognizant of what teams you're looking at in terms of how heavily you're correlating them. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And with some of the guys in the, in the top 12, obviously you're going to want to game stack. You, you want to go deeper and you want to get as much exposure to these week 17 games that are going to be high total games and most likely high scoring games. And we have a couple of those on uh, this list of players. So one of those comes with our next player, the consensus 102 in Cooper Cup, obviously coming off of a record breaking season. This is absolutely one of the premier games in week 17 between the Chargers and the Rams, the battle for LA, if you will. And this one's pretty easy, I think, because where you're taking Cup is obviously in the first three picks of a draft. And you can 
almost always get your choice of at least one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams on the bring back in the second and third round. And it just makes all the sense in the world to go that route, I think, with mm-hmm. with Cooper Cup. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, whereas that combo probably isn't unique since a lot of people are probably drafting combos of Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen slash Mike Williams, I think just the boosted correlation between Cup and, you know, an opposing wide receiver definitely makes all the sense in the world uh, in these large field best ball tournaments. And those are obviously the more expensive guys. There are still a lot of cheap players to target on both sides of the ball. If you get Mike Williams in the, in the third round, you can target an Allen Robinson in the fourth or fifth round, right? You can target, you know, Van Jefferson. Um, you could target Josh Palmer as a as a late uh, dart throw wide receiver uh, for your Cooper Cup teams, and you know, just go from there. So there's a lot of options in this game with a lot of good skill position players. So you're not really uh, forced into taking one or two of these guys. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, flexibility in this game. Uh, with all of these good players. so Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think the same could be said about Christian McCaffrey, whose ADP is third, and they play the Tampa Bay Bucks in week 17. Again, this is another one where it sets up very easily on the surface. Mike Evans is usually available for you to take at that 2-3 turn. That one, you know, is clear cut, but you can also, you know, get Leonard Fournette, who I think usually you probably don't want to be correlating to running backs per se, but Fournette and Christian McCaffrey are both exactly examples of players that I don't think fit that build because when they're hitting their ceilings, a lot of it is probably coming from pass catching. So Fournette Evans both pair really well with Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, you can also get your choice of late guys with, you know, Gage and Rob Gronkowski if you have some conviction that he's going to re-sign with Tampa. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of good correlations in this game. Um, Like you said, CMC and Leonard Fournette. If you can get that, I think that's a total smash for sure. And then obviously Mike Evans, Godwin, great picks if you can get them there. Russell Gage, Gronk is probably where I would end it. I wouldn't really have too much interest in anybody below those guys like Rashad White, Robbie Anderson, Foreman, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Just stick with the top guys in this game and just try and do a a mini correlation. Stick to one Panther, in my opinion, just because the team and the environment in the offensive environment could be so bad. So I wouldn't go CMC and DJ Moore and a buck. I would just go either CMC if you have the third pick. If not, I would just go DJ Moore and pair more with an opposing wide receiver. And that's how I would target this game. Agreed. That's that's how I look at the Colts-Giants game. It's how I look at this game. And I think it's how I look at this next game, although I know that you're a little bit more bullish on the Vikings-Packers in Week 17. Justin Jefferson going off the board as the fourth overall pick. How are you looking to stack that game and why are you high on it in general? Yeah, I think I think I've come down a little bit from that stance uh from a, from a couple of weeks ago. Uh just for your points about it being a second, you know, divisional game. Uh it's in Green Bay, so Lambo, January, it's going to be cold. Uh the offensive environments could be a little bit worse. So I've definitely lightened my liking for that game but Mm -hmm. I definitely think there are some great mini correlations in this game with Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones both Vikings guys you can obviously get in the first round and then Aaron Jones is a second round pick so if you take Dalvin Cook you can reach on Aaron Jones in my opinion at the top of the second If you take Justin Jefferson early in the first round he should be there when it is your turn to pick in the second round and I think that's a great way to start your draft is uh, getting one of these Viking guys and pairing him with Aaron Jones who we've talked about has an insane ceiling this year in our opinions with 
uh, no Devontae Adams there, the target share should increase and he can score touchdowns. And this is still an Aaron Rodgers led offense that is going to be in the red zone quite a bit. So I think for this game specifically, I'm really only looking at the top four guys and maybe you could throw Dylan in there. And I, I think you're kind of on the same boat. I think we're both fading Lazard, Christian Watson's whatever. I think his ADP is a little too high. And other than that, like Madison is just a, you know, a handcuff running back. Uh, so in this game, just the top four guys and and JJ Cook, Aaron Jones, and Thielen are who I would target. Yep, I, I definitely consider Dylan uh, a player that you can throw in this game just because we don't know what the situation will be in week 17, but Dylan does have that upside for sure, in my opinion. So I, I think that that one is fair. Also, Aaron Jones' ADP is on the rise. You know, he's currently going uh, at 18. So it's actually. It falls in line where he should be there, but a lot of the times in a running back heavy draft, like Aaron Jones just won't be there. So I think that that stack is harder to get off than you might think. And if you are able to get it off, I absolutely would. Like Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones are two of the highest ceiling players on a week to week basis in the entire league. So. Yeah. Speaking of extremely high ceiling players, Jamar Chase, this one is obvious. This is the one that everybody's all over. You know, people can't get enough of trying to stack this Bengals Bills game, and rightfully so. And, and as is the case with Steph Diggs, who we'll get to shortly, it's it's incredibly difficult slash impossible to stack certain pieces of this game. Like I have found that I mean, Jamar Chase and Steph Diggs can't be stacked together. They're both no. locked in the first round. It's a lot, in my opinion, to go like Chase. Higgins Allen like that's a lot because then you're double stacking one side of the game and then you're taking a quarterback early which would you know make it negative EV to go back and try and get Burrow later to finish your double stack off so the way that I have been attacking this most frequently is by taking Chase as a bringback to Bill stacks that go something like Josh Allen in the third, Gabe Davis in the fifth, and then maybe your extraneous Dawson Knox pick in, in the mid rounds. But I definitely like doing that in, in terms of it. And you can you can flip it around and you know go Chase Burrow and Gabe Davis as your bringback. But um, mm. just in the parts of the draft where Diggs goes. If you want to stack digs with Allen, you have to reach on Allen, but Chase and Allen usually fall sort of in line where they make natural sense to pair together. Yeah, and I think that Josh Allen, if you draft him with a Bengals wide receiver, I think that it's totally fine because Josh Allen is one of the only quarterbacks in the NFL that can hit his ceiling without getting his pass catchers there. Right, right? There are games in his range of outcomes where he has three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, is it unlikely that it happens in a week 17 matchup, you know, and we're trying to predict that seven months from now? Yeah, it's unlikely, but it's definitely in his range. So with Josh Allen, I definitely think it's fine if you want to go chase Higgins Allen. Then you could still pair Allen with a wide receiver later in the draft or a tight end. Uh, like you mentioned, and Gabe Davis. And even if you can't get Gabe Davis, you you still have your option of Dawson Knox, Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, OJ Howard in the last round. So there's plenty of options there. But yeah, you're definitely not getting, you know, Jamar Chase and, and, and Diggs or probably not getting Diggs and Joe Mixon unless Diggs falls to 12. If that's the case, that's a, an elite mini correlation. But yeah, this is this is just a game overall that nobody's going to mini stack. This is just a full-blown game stack game environment. It's the last game of week 17, Monday night football, $2 million up for grabs, and everybody's going to draft uh, parts of this team. So you just got to find ways to get some unique combos out of players and hope that the drafts fall for you. Might be the greatest 
you know, single-handed night of pain ever if this game ends like 10-7 or something like Bro, that. That would be <laughs> honestly, that would be funny as fuck. I know, dude. People have been hype about this game since the schedule dropped, and it's like, dude, I mean, I don't know. Anything can happen in a week of the NFL. So we'll see how that goes. All right, halfway point here. The 106 is Austin Eckler. We already touched on this game with Cooper Cup. Super high ceiling game, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, Eckler and Cup can't be correlated together, but you can sometimes manage to get Eckler with one of Keenan or Mike Williams if they fall. I, I like doing that. I like, you know, double stacking the Chargers offense with Eckler, a receiver, Justin Herbert, and, you know, coming back to try and get Allen Robinson or, you know, Tyler Higbee, Van Jefferson, et cetera, as, yeah. as your bring backs to the Chargers stack. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we already we already touched on it, so. Mm-hmm. Next up, Derek Henry, obviously one of the higher ceiling players in the NFL, should be the entire focal point of the Titans offense once again. They draw a home game against the Dallas Cowboys in week 17 and as Henry goes in the mid to late first sometimes he'll fall if people are higher on Najee Diggs like that's not an uncommon thing to see it's pretty easy here I mean Henry and Lamb correlate extremely well and they are naturally paired together at the midpoints of the first and second round so that's just one that I've been trying to take advantage of I'm relatively light on Henry but when I do get him I try and make a concerted effort to pair cd lamb on that team yeah i think that's the best mini correlation from this game is henry and lamb and like you said it falls in line with their adps which makes a ton of sense you know i wouldn't pair henry and zeke together just because i think those are two players that negatively correlate but if you want you could still target a cheaper cowboys wide receiver and michael gallup jalen tolbert you know a guy like that i think i would prefer gallup who's the wide receiver 54 obviously he's gonna miss the first couple weeks of the year but when he's healthy he's going to be the wide receiver two opposite cd lamb and we've obviously seen his ceiling in the nfl before i, I definitely like henry with lamb and i definitely like henry with Gallup. other than that i'm not really too interested in uh any of these other mini correlations <laughs> maybe schultz but you know i'm really only taking like schultz and some of these other guys if i have deck so i would just make it a dallas stack with uh henry bring back and call it a day there yeah henry can sort of be like the uh invitational piece to a cowboy stack it's like yeah. all right i've got henry well let's start building out my you know yep. cd lamb <laughs> michael gallup dak prescott stack so yeah I-, I definitely like that thought process especially with gallup because like his early season concerns of when exactly he's going to be back and ready to go don't really matter with this because by week 17 he should be a full go and at that point if you've made it to week 17 you're sitting pretty good because gallup at full health is absolutely a value where he's going in draft right now yeah i totally agree steph diggs is our next player kind of already hit this one i don't know if there's anything else you want to add with diggs the only thing that i have done differently with steph diggs lately is reach on t higgins because higgins and josh allen are both players that go in the third round it's really hard to draft both of them unless you reach on one in the second and you can definitely get allen to fall to the mid third in some spots so that makes sense if you get diggs you want to reach on t higgins and come back with Josh Allen you're sacrificing some projection over some of the round two wide receivers to to get T Higgins on your team but Higgins had monster weeks down the stretch last year he was a key piece of me winning my tournament on drafters and you know all it takes is for T Higgins to have that 40 point game in week 17 and that be Mm -hmm. the stack that you need to have and I don't think a lot of people are reaching on Higgins in the second round I think that's a pretty unique way to go uh with Stefan Diggs starts yeah I, I definitely agree and then 
it really just comes down to the argument of whether or not you should be reaching on players you know that far early uh, according to their ADP because um, you know if you if you draft Diggs at eighth you're gonna have to draft him at what 16th and mm-hmm. his ADP is 23 so you'd be reaching about seven to eight picks on adp so you are sacrificing some value there and i guess that is the argument against it but the uniqueness and the correlation in these you know top heavy large field tournaments it it definitely makes sense to try and get unique at the top of the draft yeah and i i mean like combinations of guys like you know Diggs and and swift debo aaron jones like guys like that are going to be pretty high owned because that's what most people do especially in the first two rounds is stick tightly to ADP. So some of what Hayden Winks was saying on a recent stream stood out to me where it's like combos like that could be, you know, six, seven, eight percent owned by the time you get to the finals and a digs Higgins stack could be 1% owned. And, and mm-hmm. you know, if you think about things from a single week DFS perspective, which week 17 really is in these tournaments, that's a massive edge. So that's definitely a, a concept that I'm going to be working into my drafts going forward. Najee Harris is the next player on the board going as the running back five. I've talked about this offseason, how I'm high on Najee. I think that his touch projection on the season is just incredible. He's going to be, once again, one of the league leaders in touches at the position. And it sets up really well, I think, to correlate with the Ravens because you can come back, you can get Mark Andrews, or you can just, you know, take whoever you want in round two and wait a little bit and come back, you know, at say the five, six turn or mid five, early six and grab like Lamar and Bateman. Like, I think it sets up really well uh, to be the starter for your Raven stacks when you grab Najee in the in the mid first. Yeah, I definitely agree. And a lot of people are probably doing, you know, the Najee, Mark Andrews mini correlation. You know, if Lamar falls to them in the fourth or fifth round, they'll probably consider taking Lamar there. But yeah, definitely definitely makes sense to uh, stack the Ravens with a Steelers bring back in this game just because the quarterback uncertainty for the Steelers and the offensive efficiency might be a little worse than what it was last year with, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett there as the guys now. Um, Najee Harris is still going to have one of the most voluminous roles in the NFL, and he's still going to catch a ton of passes, most likely, and never come off the field. So I would look to just stick with Najee. I wouldn't draft another Pittsburgh player, and I would just look towards Lamar, Bateman, and then you even have a couple cheap Ravens uh, wide receivers that you could target, like Devin DuVernay, Tylen Wallace. Like One of those guys is going to be the wide receiver, too, if they don't sign somebody. So mm-hmm. you have a ton of uh, cheap options on the Raven side of the ball and a lot of good early options to correlate with Najee Harris. Absolutely. Dalvin Cook up next running back six. We already talked about this with Justin Jefferson. But again, just going back to what I was saying with Stefan Diggs, like this is a great spot, I think, to reach a couple picks on Aaron Jones just because I don't know necessarily how many people are doing that. And again, Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, more so Aaron Jones can get their off pass catching, which makes him game script neutral. So I don't think it's necessarily a negative correlation and that isn't always Dalvin Cook's bag but there are scenarios where if they're getting blown out Aaron Jones could have two touchdowns and Dalvin Cook racks up six catches in a game so I mean I don't think that they necessarily negatively correlate and I think it's a pretty unique pairing to start off drafts with yeah I definitely I definitely like that pairing a a ton and yeah I think Cook and Aaron Jones are two running backs that will not negatively correlate just because they both can catch passes and they both will still be out there in negative game scripts determining you know on what in what team is down early in the game Mm -hmm. so 
that's definitely a unique combo and definitely something to consider at the back end of the first round and sometimes cook even falls to like 112 so you could just hit both of them at the turn and really just solidify your running back position early in the draft with a good mini correlation between two of the better running backs in the NFL yep absolutely love that two players to go here we'll close out the first round Travis Kelsey, the first tight end off the board. I, I have to be honest, I haven't taken very many shares of Travis Kelsey, maybe one or two here and there, but this is a primetime game coming in that week 17 finals against the Broncos. That's, you know, probably the second tier game right after the Bills Bengals that everybody's going to want to be targeting. Kelsey is the clear cut main target now in the Chiefs offense. And it's pretty easy, I think, to get Broncos bring backs. When it comes to bringing it back with Kelsey, you would have to slightly reach a little bit because when you're coming around on the turn, you're about five picks ahead of ADP on both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy who are going right next to each other as the wide receiver 19 and 20. But I think that's totally acceptable to reach on those guys, especially when, you know, guys like DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson are the ones going ahead of them. I think that, you know, one of Sutton and Judy could easily beat those guys. And especially on a week to week basis, like if you, if they have similar stat lines across the season where one of them isn't winning you the league and you get to the finals, you got that Kelsey Sutton or Judy correlation. I think it makes a ton Mm -hmm. of sense. And another one that I love is Albert O you know, the double tight end stack because Alberto is going late enough that he's probably where you want to be looking at your second tight end on your Kelsey teams. And a lot of people probably just aren't thinking about that. They have different buys. I think that that makes a lot of sense too. A nice Kelsey Albert O double tight end correlation, two tight ends for the win. Yeah. I mean, definitely like Albert O and correlates pretty well with uh, Kelsey. And this is a game, like you said, everybody is going to target Um, And there are definitely a lot of stacks that you can go. There are a lot of cheap players in this game that you can draft like Tim Patrick, who's the wide receiver 59. He's probably a value right there. If I'm not mistaken, I saw somebody tweet that like he's finished above wide receiver 50 in like every season of his career or something. Mm-hmm. Or or the last two years or, or something uh, with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterbacks and obviously that was because of injuries and whatnot but he could still play you still have your long shot and KJ Hamler who's the wide receiver 76 so there are definitely some you know low cost high ceiling guys in the end of the draft on both sides of the ball with the two guys that I mentioned on the Broncos with McCall Hardman MVS who's the wide receiver 49 you have your Justin Ross who's the wide receiver 87 on underdog so even if you miss out on some of these top guys you still have a lot of options later in the draft to at least correlate your lineup and get that mini stack of this game and just give yourself some some boosted value and some boosted correlation in your team. So there's just so many options in this game. And if you draft a Chief, you really should be drafting a Bronco and vice versa. Like there, there's no reason not to. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And Kelsey and Mahomes pair so well together as well, just because Mahomes yeah. ADP is 39. And if you're picking at that 3-4 turn, you're right in that same range. So it's never been cheap and easier to stack the Chiefs and they have a clear-cut high-powered offense as a bring back all with affordable prices this is probably one of the easier games to stack and I think that a lot of people should be making a concerted effort to do so would not shock me in the least bit if this was the highest scoring game of week 17 when it's all said and done yep I totally agree 
All right, let's close it out with the final pick of round one. That is Devontae Adams going as the wide receiver five. Uh, We've talked about it a little bit. We talked about it on the last pod when we debated Brandon Ayuk and Hunter Renfro. 49ers and Raiders play each other in week 17. Again, this one is pretty easy, I think, to stack up. Same thing we've been talking about uh, in, in reference to guys like Diggs and, and Cook when you reach on the top corollary piece. All it takes is, you know, reaching five spots on Debo Samuel to pair both of the top off uh, offensive options in that team. Two guys mm-hmm. with the highest ceilings at, at the wide receiver position. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, Devontae Adams and Debo is definitely a very good mini stack. And actually, in the last puppy draft I did, that is what the dude in the 12th spot did. Mm-hmm. Uh, was took Devontae Adams and he took Debo Samuel above ADP for that correlation. And then there's, you know, some guys that you could target later in the draft. If you do go the Devontae Adams route, you have your Brennan Ayuk, you have your Elijah Mitchell as two guys that I like. George Kittle is 47. And yeah, you might have to reach on some of these guys, but those are still good correlating pieces. And I've talked about personally that I think this is one of the sneakier high offensive upside games in week 17, you know, in in Las Vegas, in the dome, a lot of good skill position players on both sides of the ball. So this is definitely a game that I like stacking and this is a game that I also I'll be fine with it with a mini correlation between any of these top guys that I think are pretty affordable in uh Darren Waller Kittle Ayuk Renfro Elijah Mitchell I think all these guys are, are good and you could definitely pair them throughout the draft it, it's super easy outside of Adams and Debo everybody else is super affordable on both of these yeah. teams um so that that's a pretty easy one and if this if this game does end up going pretty high scoring like you expect it to or at least see it potentially happening then you know you're probably doing pretty well with those pieces and that's going to be it for episode 217 of the DFS Dose podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you enjoyed the content as we go a little bit deeper on setting yourself up for success through week 17 correlations. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter. If you're not already, we are at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrying DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on on the podcast, join our inner circle. The link to do so is via our free Discord channel in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Vibes. Vibes.